Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Next Level Biz Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering here at Tolaris. And today I get to be joined by a good friend, Artie Kossaboom, founder of Clarity Consulting, owner, book, author, extraordinaire, great partner, all that good stuff. Artie, thanks for joining, buddy. Oh, absolutely. And thanks, Josh, for putting some time on my calendar and inviting me to one of the first couple of people. So excited to talk a little bit more about Biz Dev and uh, and my company. Love it. So I, I want to hear any good stories you got. I always like hearing how everybody started. I love the entrepreneurial vibe. Obviously, that's the, the epicenter of our business. But talk to me about you. How did you start? Where did you come from? Any kind of weird, windy path and embarrassing story? I'm all ears. Oh, yeah. I'm long-winded, so I'll try to keep it short. Um, obviously, I'm a storyteller because I wrote a book about contact center and contact center technology. But I started in the contact center about 20 years ago, um, answering phone calls. And I was transitioning away from being a bartender and being a boat captain, um, wow. a fishing boat captain out in the Pacific Ocean out of a, a little tiny town called uh, Avila Beach, which is near Pismo Beach. Um, and I realized that I needed to do a career change. I needed to, uh, I loved customer service, but I did not love being on the ocean. Uh, I got, you know, Lots of wrinkles, sunburns, cut hands from flaying fish all day and said, there's got to be a better life. So started started answering calls as a contact center rep um, about 20 years ago, literally answering 40 to 80 calls per day, uh, password resets and all sorts of weird junk that comes in um, for a software company called MindBody. After about four years of answering calls, I decided, hey, I can do more for this company. So became a team lead, became a supervisor, then a senior manager, then a senior director. And as the company was growing um, from the humble two people answering calls to the a little bit less than a thousand agents, um, I realized that I needed to rely heavily on technology. Uh, so that's where my passion for technology began um, with a very heavy customer focus. And through my evolution in the contact center, I've been going from different companies to different companies, helping them migrate their technology stack to the cloud. And then in recent years, left the nine to five job, started my own consultancy agency because I just loved technology so much that I wanted to do it for more than one company one time a year. I wanted to do it for 10 to 20 to 30 companies a year. Got it. I love it. I I, I love when I ask that question. It's my favorite part to get the stories from from boat captain to to author to successful partner. I I, lo I love that. Uh, that's fantastic. So uh, you know the goal of this then is to give people uh, access and understand what these what this space looks like, how to understand it, what we're doing in the practice, what our partners are doing in the practice. But I think most importantly, I want to hear about what a deal is like. So if we flash back to your first experience or one of your first memorable deals. Again, for anybody that we're using all these acronyms, contact center as a service, right? We're just going to refer to it as CCAS. Like, oh, I, I corrected my own error in the last one. So um, talk to me about the first deal that you sold. What was that process and that experience like? 
Yeah, so uh, CCAS or Contact Center as a Service Technology uh, has come a long way in the last 20 years. My first deal was about five years ago, so uh, you know, 2018. Um, and it's it's hard. And uh, we've heard from the Tolaris team a bunch where you have to cross the desert before you get to the oasis. There's lots of years where there's like a drought and it's hard to get through from a commission standpoint or keeping the lights on. Um, what I realized was I could not leave my nine to five job until I had a, a couple of accounts in the bag. So my first deal was kind of weird because I could not take a call during nine to five hours. It was all after. Um, it was with a previous company I used to work for. They outreached to me and said, hey, I, we know you left, but we've got some questions. Um, you helped us with our original tech stack. We're thinking about changing it. Uh, you know it the best, you know our company the best. Why don't you help shepherd us through that? And I said, absolutely, that sounds great. First thing I thought of was I'm gonna bill them $300 an hour. And then I realized, wait, there's a better way to do this. There's a better way to partner and get on this deal and get paid for my efforts and time without having to do an SOW, a direct relationship and be employed by a former employer. So research the partner ecosystem, master agency ecosystem, uh, registered the deal, got it across the finish line. And then, uh, of course, it takes about three months to get residuals after they go live. So there was still a six-month gap between contract signature and my first paycheck. At first, I thought it wasn't real. Like, this is all a scam. I'm never going to get paid. Like, this is just kind of a joke. Uh, until I got my first paycheck, and then uh, the rest was history. And then I was hooked. Um, I, was, I was an addict by that point. Um, but, yeah, that was my first deal. It was a, an old customer of mine that came, reached out to me and said, hey, we need some support. What do you recommend? Love it. Again, we say it all the time, don't burn bridges. And look what happens when you, when, when you keep those bridges happy. Another great reason of that. So, so let's, you know, a, a, any example here, right? I, I want to talk about, you know, wh where we come from. We come from somebody that has a problem in their contact center. Maybe they know it. Maybe they don't know it. Maybe they want to leg up against their competitors. They want to be faster to market. They want to be more agile, those type of things. But walk us through maybe what this technology has done for you, how it's helped your customers evolve. Yeah, this, this is a good question. Um, the contact center space has drastically changed in the last uh, 20 years. I keep saying that because every five years it goes through another evolution. Um, it started with migration to cloud. So if you, if you flash back 20 years ago, uh, for about a five-year span, it was, how do we get off of on-premise? How do we get to the cloud? And a lot of it was for disaster recovery, but in full honesty, the whole reason why people wanted to go to the cloud, at least back then, was so that they had uptime. Because uh, on-premise systems, they go down on a regular basis, and that's lost revenue. And as that kind of started uh, to where we are now, I'll kind of describe that later, that was the start of the customer experience, the customer-first model. Um, and it probably spanned farther than 20 years. It's just I wasn't in the ecosystem before that. Um, going back about 15 years, everyone wanted to do digital. So that was chat and maybe some advanced ticketing tool sets. And they wanted to tie those ticketing tools to their uh, CRMs. And they wanted to tie those CRM ticketing bundles to their CCAS products or their contact center as a service products, which were traditionally just phone-based. Um, so that was kind of the next evolution after cloud. And the next evolution after that was 
talking about automation. So we're talking about self-service tools like chat bots, um, and then eventually those turned into digital bots, and now it's voice bots, and now it's really this omni-channel bot experience where you're self-serving and also deflecting a lot of volume so that you can lower the, the, the needs from a workforce standpoint on your agents. And at the same time, um, as AI got a little bit more infused into contact center, not only were there some advancements in self-service and bots, but also there's advancements with speech analytics and understanding what's actually happening on the call itself. So tonality and uh, customer sentiment uh, and things like that. So that's kind of where we are today. Um, and that's, that's how it's helped my customers. Um, the funny thing is, the ironic thing is most people come to me and the first thing they ask, and this, these are customers, the first thing they ask is, how do I create a self-service bot? I need to deflect or reduce my volume by 20%. How do I do that tomorrow? And they're, they're looking towards the like third generation of, of thing first, because that's their business outcome and their goal. And I have to step in back and say, well, first let's migrate you to the cloud. So you have open API. Then let's talk about your customer experience strategy and your customer journey mapping. Then let's talk about bots. So it's uh, kind of paring them back down and saying, you know, before you, you learn how to use an iPhone, let's learn how to create fire and use the wheel. <laughs> so that's a really good example we, uh, because I'm with you. We don't, I would love to go sell everybody everything. And I think all the partners would love to cash that check. But if we put something bad that doesn't work in front of you, you're going to blame all of us and you're not going to want us to help you again, which is the opposite uh, of what we want. So very, very good points. So talk about, uh, you know, this, the goal of any of the technology that, that we offer, that, that, that we have access to is to, to really help so the customers understand all the things that you can do for them. So, you know, we've talked about how that technology helps your customers evolve. Is there anything that that technology has done for you in new relationships, in old relationships, just to just expand those relationships to get customers to think of you of, oh, I didn't, I didn't know you could help me with this, or I didn't know how to, you know, that th that was an option. Anything down that realm that you could share? Oh, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I talked to a lot of customer uh, service uh, executives and professionals. So the most common person I talk to is probably the SVP of customer service. And they have a team of anywhere from 200 to 1,000 agents either in their contact center and they literally sit in the office with them, at least back when offices existed, um, or they have a BPO offshore where they're uh, visiting them on a regular basis to make sure that the customer experience is really good. Um, the relationships that I had with them, at least in the beginning, were very simple. It was a how do I migrate my core tool set to the cloud? Um, but eventually that after I solved that, or maybe I did not solve that, maybe I just kept the relationship because they already had the solution in place and we, we didn't need to rip and replace it. The, the conversation started to migrate and change and it was, okay, I already, I already have the platform. Now let's talk about the customer experience. When people are contacting me, what's the first experience they have with my organization? Do they have the ability to go across multiple channels like SMS, chat, uh, social media, or phone? Or am I forcing them to just contact me one way, phone number only, or email only, which is kind of common out in the marketplace? So the first thing is opening up that scope, 
opening up the customer experience, reducing that friction for the customer to get in contact with you as the, as the company. And then I said, all right, let's talk about back of the house. So let's talk about analytics. Let's talk about speech analytics. Um, let's talk about anything you can do from a data collection standpoint, because the contact center is literally the voice and the ears and the eyes of the company. So you want the best glasses for the person who is the eyes of your company. You want the best uh, earbuds or headsets. And I don't mean the physical devices for the agents to be done. Metaphorically speaking, you literally need AI and tools on top of your framework so that you can send KPIs and reports to the executive level, to product and marketing and design, maybe even sales as well too, um, especially if your sales team is not selling um, the, profit, the product properly to the right customer base. You wanna give them that feedback. And how do you give them that feedback without having granular details of what they're doing wrong? Because no one wants to hear that they're doing a process or, or something wrong. Mm -hmm. So the, the evolution of technology has expanded my relationship that I have with SVP of customer service. And usually what happens as a result of that is that they pull in the appropriate people to talk about other things that are ancillary to what their needs are. So usually the next evolution of that is an introduction to a CIO or a CTO, um, where maybe we're talking about a call center tool or a CCAS tool, and they don't know what carrier they're on top of or what infrastructure they're on top of. Or from an IT security standpoint, they don't know if they need to be PCI compliant or HIPAA compliant or all these acronym compliance. So they'll pull those relationships in. Uh, I'll have conversations with them, and then I could grow the relationship with the organization and bring more value than just contact center as a service. Love it. You make them look like rock stars. That's, that's the end hope <laughs> and help them see things that they maybe just couldn't see on their own. I love that. Um, so from a technology perspective, I think I want to understand, and I want anybody listening to this to understand who needs a contact center, who has a contact center, because often when we ask, Hey, do you have a contact center? Most people's answer is no. I don't have a call center. I don't have, you know, 9,000 people here smiling and dialing. But, you know, to that point, obviously, we know a, a contact center looks a lot different than that with service departments and, and sales and marketing and all these things. Have you seen any success or is there any customers that um, are, this technology makes more sense to? Is there a vertical or, or any certain type of customer or is it everybody? Yeah, good, great question. Um, first word of advice, never talk to the customer and say call center, customer service team, contact center, because they all call them something different. Um, some of them will call them a call center, contact centers, what I've heard before. I've heard a support team, global support team, customer service team, um, tech support, you've named it. And then sometimes they'll call it something completely different, like member support or that's just the, the member experience team. Uh, so it's it's really hard because there's not a common language for our customers um, for this area of business. The first thing I usually ask is how do your customers or how do your members or whatever you call your end users, the people who pay you, how do they communicate with you? Mm. And when you know the lights need to be on to answer that call, chat, email, or whatever it is, who is that person or who are those people What's that department name? And then whoever sees that. And that's the person I want to talk to. I don't care what they call it, um, but those are the people who support your customers. And if it's over, we'll say like 20 or 30 people, 
they'll probably need a contact center as a service tool. One, to keep track of, are you answering the calls, chats, emails, or whatever in an appropriate time? Um, are the calls, chats, emails, or whatever being responded to with the appropriate answers? And then also, what's the, uh, the level of satisfaction that the customers are getting when they get those answers or results? Is it low, is it high? And you know that goes into MPS and CSAT and all these other uh, metrics. So that's, um, that's hard. And, and the weird thing is that I'll be introduced to someone and I'll think in my head, oh, they don't have a call center. They don't have a contact center. There's no opportunity here. And I'll find that they have 200 people that just do this one, one thing in the back office where they answer this call or they answer these tickets. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought there was no opportunity here. There's actually a huge opportunity, um, not only to help you, but also to streamline your process, keep tracking it, KPI it, and also potentially reduce your, your overall headcount. Um, from a vertical standpoint, I, I don't think there's a vertical that I, I target that's more successful than the other. The big ones are uh, retailers or online retailers, insurance agencies. Um, you'll maybe see banking or financial institutions um, and, and travel. So a lot of like AAA or cruise lines, airlines, things like that. Those are the traditional ones that you'll think of and go after, but you'll find gems that are 100 seat, 200 seat contact centers that don't even have an industry. They they are just what we would consider mom and pop shops that sell widgets on Shopify, but they have a team of people doing order fulfillment and answering customer service requests. Um, those are the hidden gems, and those there's more of those than there are of the the major ones like the insurance agencies that every partner out there is trying to get into, and everyone's fighting over that. And it's two thousand seats. Um, and it's gonna be an extremely long sales cycle. Um, the smaller ones are easier and there's there's plenty of blue ocean or plenty of people who are looking for this consulting and, and contact centers of service. Love it, great points. So as we get get here to the end, uh, I, I wanna just maybe wrap with a quick transformation story. You know, give, give everybody here a good example of somebody that you worked with was just in a bad way or maybe the technology wasn't great that they had and then you went through a transformation. What did it do? What did it look like after? Oh yeah, that I've got probably nine out of every ten deployments that I've done is a amazing success story. Um, the one I'll tell you, and I won't uh, give away names or even the suppliers that they chose, but I, I first um, contacted them, and they were frustrated because their CRM was not talking to their on-premise uh, call platform, and that was that was kind of the the beginning of the conversation. And the first thing I said was, well, why don't you have an API call, do a screen pop so that when the answer takes, uh, the, the agent takes the call and answers the call, they get all the information that's in the CRM repository. And then all they have to do is just resolve the issue over the phone and then close out the ticket. Um, and that was just like extremely eye-opening for them. So the first thing was moving them off of on-prem for their, uh, their CCAS tool or their contact center tool. Um, and then it was integrating with their, their CRM that existed, which was already in the cloud, thankfully. If it wasn't in the cloud, it'd be a lot harder. Um, so that was the first step. And then we got them to that. It took about two months. 
uh, after implementation. And then directly after that, I said, now let's take a look at your IVR. So when people call in, it's the press one, press two, press three, you know, press one for sales, press two for support, they press two. Okay, what kind of support do you need? Do you need, you know, one, two, three? So there's all these nested menu prompts and people or customers got confused as they're going through those prompts. Um, or they hit the wrong one and they have to go back to the main menu and then go go through the whole process again. So we ripped and replaced their IVR and we changed it with natural language voice IVR. Um, and we didn't do anything special or crazy. A lot of the providers already have these capabilities. Essentially, when someone calls in, it says, thank you for calling you know, Acme Co. How, how may I help you? And if someone says, I'd like to buy you know, four tires for my car, it understands that one, they use the word buy, so it's a sales call. Two, it's about tires, so I should probably skill it to the tire com uh, sales team versus the maybe insurance team or whatever that is. And it recognized that they're speaking English. If they're speaking Spanish or Portuguese, it would then go to a, a different language queue. So we did an open door concept. It completely changed their customer experience. It started to reduce the amount of rework and uh, transferring internally because before that time, someone would get to support speaking Spanish and they'd have to transfer them to someone in sales who speaks Spanish, mm -hmm. uh, which was a complete nightmare and a waste of time for all the agents. So uh, that was probably the best transformational story of a company that uh, I had an initial call with and within six months completely transformed their organization and their business. I love it. Great story. I love all the detail, just how you can quickly modernize these and, and, and change their life. And they had no idea it was coming. So great stuff. Uh, Artie, I think that wraps us up for today. I really appreciate you coming on help me get, get this show off the ground. Uh, everybody, Artie Kossaboom, founder, Clarity Consulting. And Artie, there's a great book out there, uh, Enable Better Service. Can we find it on yeah. Amazon? Where can everybody get it? Yep, you can find it on Amazon. Or if you see me at a Tolaris conference, just tap me on the shoulder. I'll give you a business card and send one to you in the mail. Um, but yeah, Josh, absolute pleasure, pleasure having, uh, you know, having the pleasure to be one of the first few on the podcast and love talking about contact center as a service. So if you ever want me back on, I'd, I'd love to jump back on. Love it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, everybody, that, that wraps us up for today. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Hilaris. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.